Hello and welcome to the very first True Body and Soul podcast. If it's your first time hearing about True Body and Soul, I can let you know that TRUE stands for Teach, Refresh, Uplift, and Encourage. With this podcast, I hope to uplift, encourage, and empower you in knowing that in Christ you are enough. My name is Wendy Leppert, and I am the founder of True Body and Soul Ministries. I'm also an author, a speaker, and the creator of the I Am Enough in Christ Women's Conference. God put it on my heart a few years ago to leave my corporate job and reach out to women. I knew there was more to life than just sitting in an office, staring at a computer, and looking out the window. So one day I asked God, I said, God, please use me. Just use me to bless others. And ever since I did that, so many things have come into my life. I've authored a book. I've created a women's conference that has already traveled to two cities, and we are already scheduling for next year. And by doing that, I have met up with some wonderful friends that I just, I don't know what I would do without them. They all had the same desire that I did and passion to get out there and reach out to women with God's word, just to try and uplift and encourage and to let them know that in Christ, they are enough. And that's how we came up with our conference name, I Am Enough in Christ. So I encourage you to watch out for us um, at a city near you. You can like our Facebook page and kind of keep up with updates and uh, details for next year and whatever else we have going on. So I told you that God put it on my heart a few years ago to leave my corporate job and just to kind of reach out to women, but I didn't understand it at first. I was happy where I was. I enjoyed the people I worked with. I never woke up in the morning feeling like I didn't want to go to work. Um, I liked what I did. I loved the people. So when I first felt this nudge, I really didn't understand it, um, but I knew something something was going on, but I tried to ignore it. I don't know how many of you are maybe going through that now, or you have gone through that, but when it happens, it's kind of strange. You feel like everything's going great, um, you have no reason to complain, but then all of a sudden you get this, like, just an uneasy feeling, like you're supposed to be somewhere else or you're just not quite doing what you're supposed to be doing and that's that's what happened to me so I just started where I didn't feel the same about work anymore I still liked the people of course that I worked with it wasn't anything against them and I still enjoyed being with them but when I was there I just didn't feel comfortable anymore I just felt like I was not where I was supposed to be Sometimes I think God has to really push us in the direction that he wants us to go because I was stubborn. I stayed in that office job for a few months without really doing anything, and yet the whole time I knew that he was telling me I should be somewhere else. Um, but I just thought it was me. I just thought, well, I'm just going through a season of maybe I just need a change, or you know, I've been at this job for almost 10 years, and maybe that's it. Maybe I'm just kind of looking for a change. But I think I knew deep down that that wasn't it. Something was just really nudging me and telling me that, hey, you're not supposed to be here anymore. You've done a great job, but it's time to move on. I, I have something else planned for you. And I think that's what God was trying to tell me. So I think sometimes he has something so great for us. But I have to admit, and I'm sure you guys all have felt this way before too, we just don't quite have the faith or the trust to do it. Now, if you ask me, do you have faith in God? I'd say, of course. If people would say, do you trust in God? I would say, of course. Of course I do. I have faith. I trust in him. But then why is it that when he gives us that nudge and tries to move us in a different direction, suddenly uh, we're just not sure. Fear starts to set in. We start to doubt. 
what are people going to think of me? Like if I tell people that, you know what, I'm going to leave my corporate job, I'm going to go out and I'm going to put together women's conferences and I'm going to write a book and who knows what else God has in store. What are people going to think of me? They're going to think I'm crazy. What if I do it and I fail? Then what? Then I'm going to feel like a failure. People are going to make fun of me. My family is going to think I'm absolutely crazy. So what do we do? Well, I think the most important thing that we need to do is to remember what Philippians 4.19 says. God provides everything we need. God isn't going to call you out um, to an area or a place where he wants you to be and then just leave you there. He's not going to take you and just drop you off and say, okay, see you later, have fun, and just drive away. If he has given you that nudge to go somewhere and to do something, you better believe he's going to equip you to do it as well. He's not going to leave you alone just standing there spinning in circles and scratching your head thinking, okay, now what am I supposed to do? He will guide you and direct you. But it's not easy to do. It's not easy to just give in and say, okay, God, I just hand this to you. Do with me whatever you want, and I will have faith in you. It's hard. It's, uh, you know, we who deserve nothing, with him we have everything. And that faith and that trust is there. But sometimes, man, I don't know. It's it's like, um, like I said, if someone comes up to you and says, do you have faith? Yeah, sure I do. But when you test it, how confident are we? Joshua 1.5, God says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. We have to remember that. If he has called you or you're feeling that nudge like I was and you're thinking, what is going on? He's not going to leave you. He's going to equip you and he will never forsake you. I was sitting in church a couple years ago when I first started to feel this nudge. And at the time, I felt like God was leading me to open up a Christian cafe. But I started to say things to family and friends and just say, you know, what, what do you think about this? You know, what, what do you think about opening up a, a cafe and we play Christian music and just have coffee and it would be a nice little, you know, place for people to come to and meet. And a lot of times they thought, well, you know, that's great for the big city, but we live in a very small town. I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Or are you crazy? Have you ever ran a business it's stressful. Like I heard so many different things. But for some reason, I was still feeling that nudge. And I knew this was what God was putting on my heart to do with this cafe. So I was sitting in church a, a few years ago when this all started to come. And the message really hit me. The pastor looked at us, and he was talking about them crossing the Jordan River. And he looked it out to us in the crowd, and he said, What's your Jordan River? What are you afraid to cross? I thought, wow. <laughs> Okay, okay, God, you've got my attention. That was my Jordan River. I was scared to cross it. And it almost as if, as soon as I heard that message, that's what gave me the confidence I needed to say, you know what, I'm tired of just mauling this around in my head. I keep getting these nudges. I keep seeing these signs. I keep hearing things. And I just know that this is what God wants me to do. But I can tell you that when you take that first step, Across your Jordan River, it is not going to be easy. It takes an effort to do what God wants you to do, but he will give you the strength. 
that's the thing that we need to remember. That's the key. I discovered that. I discovered the problem that I needed to address is that I was afraid. And I wasn't trusting God with every aspect of my life. I was afraid of the unknown. Where in the world is God taking me? What is he doing? But I'm comfortable here. I was afraid of leaving my comfort zone. What's it going to cost? Are we going to have enough money for the bills? What? I just don't know about this. And then there was the big question, and I think this is probably the main question that a lot of us will have. Well, how, how am I good enough? Why me? I'm not good enough. I'm not capable of doing what you're asking me to do. Are you sure you don't have the? You know, are you sure you're? You sure you have the right person? You've been with me all my life. You know I'm not capable of this. But again, that's where it goes back to. It's almost like you can hear him saying, "If I ask you to do it, I will get you through it." You know, God did not intend for me or for you to live in fear of the plan that he has for our lives. So why do we let fear stop us from fully experiencing the goodness of God? His plans and his ways are so much better that we can't even begin to imagine what they might be. Yet in our small mind, we fear and we just want to stay in our comfort zone because that's just, we're human. That's just how it is when we're comfortable. You know, if you're not really out there pushing God's word and you're not um, really doing a ministry for him and you're just kind of staying in your comfort zone, yeah, you know, you go to church on Sundays or you read your Bible every day and I'm just, I'm comfortable here. Satan isn't attacking me much because I'm not really a threat to him because I'm in my comfort zone. So that's one thing we have to remember is would any good father, which is what God is to us, would he wish ill upon his children? No, he actually wishes the exact opposite. He wants nothing but the best for us. So why? Why do we let fear take a hold of our lives instead of wholly trusting a loving, all-knowing God to direct our lives? I think we know that with God, anything is possible. In my own strength, I can do nothing. But Philippians 4.13 tells us, Through Christ who strengthens me, I can do all things. God, the loving Father, he was always with Jesus, and Jesus wholeheartedly trusted and obeyed his Father. That he can be trusted in every area of my life is something that I have to always remember, and that you need to remember. He can be trusted. He will never ask us to do something without equipping us with the tools that we need to complete those tasks that he has ahead of us. Do you remember Moses? Moses, but I don't speak well. I can't go talk to Pharaoh. Moses was, so when you have doubt, I mean, even Moses had doubt. There were so many more others in the Bible that Jesus or God would come to and ask to do things. And right away, they, are you sure? I, I can't do this. So we're not alone. When we feel that nudge, they've been there. We also need to remember that we have an enemy, Satan. He's an enemy of our souls, and he will try and do anything to devour us. He is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And we will not give Satan the satisfaction of using my fear against us. So remember that, Satan, I will not give you the satisfaction of using my fear against me. 
we should definitely not allow him to build up lies in our head that God cannot be trusted or doesn't want what's best for us. He loves to do that. You see, Satan knows how the story ends. He knows at the end of the Bible what, what happens, who wins. He knows that God wins. And he does not like this. So he is on a mission to destroy and mess with us and steal our happiness and destroy us any way that he can. Because he knows how the story ends. He knows that God wins. He knows that we're God's children and we win too. But he is the liar. And boy, does he like to put those thoughts in our heads. We have to remember that he is just here to kill, steal, and destroy us. He hates us. He hates our families. And he loves to wreak havoc in our families. So I think that we need to find rest in knowing that, and this is my favorite verse. Of course, there are so many verses in the Bible that I like, but this has to be my favorite. Romans 8, 28. We can find rest in knowing that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. How many things is he going to work together? Just a couple? Eh, just a few things here and there. No, everything to work together for good. So as we seek his will in our lives, we need to be strong and courageous. And we have to remember we will not be afraid. We will not be discouraged. We will not let Satan win. Because as Joshua 1 9 says, For the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. So to walk in his favor day by day, we have to listen to him and we have to trust him. Now, both of these are required for salvation because God is the one who tells us of our sin and our need for a savior. Then we must believe him. We must receive the forgiveness of our sins through Christ and trust him to be our savior and our Lord. Listening and trusting the Lord are essential in the Christian life in order to follow his guidance and walk in his will. Now, will we do it perfectly? No. Is the Christian life rainbows and butterflies? <laughs> no. Is it hard? Absolutely. But is it worth it? You better believe it is. A good way to test whether we're truly trusting God is to consider our prayer lives. Do we come to him with our needs and our concerns and leave our prayer with the expectation that he heard me and he's going to answer? Or do we think, why even bother going to him? He already knows the answer. Why? It's a waste of time. I think sometimes our prayers become lifeless because we lack that confidence and that faith and trust in the only one to whom we can pray. Just as we desire a relationship with our children and we want them to feel that they can come to us for anything, that's how it is for God. He wants us to come to him. He wants to feel like we, we desire to come to him and that we walk away with that trust and that faith and that confidence that he heard us and he's going to answer that. You know, another favorite is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding in just a couple of your ways. No, it's in all your ways acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. One of my favorite pastors to watch on TV is Charles Stanley. I love the saying that 
it's probably the most famous saying that he's known for is obey God and leave all the consequences to him. That is so hard to do because we want to do it our way. We want to do it when we want it done. And we want to stay in our comfort zone. It's okay, God. I'm, I'm good here. Thanks. Move on. Get, go, go see them over there. Yeah, yeah go, go talk to them. I think maybe they want to hear from you. I'm good. Thanks. No. No, we need to obey God and leave all the consequences to him. Kind of reminds you of Noah. The culture that Noah lived was characterized by such wickedness and evil. It was so corrupt that God was so grieved and he decided to just blot out mankind and all the animal life on earth. But one man was different from everyone else. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. That's in Genesis 6, verse 9. That should be our ambition as well, to be righteous and blameless and to walk with God. No other compliment could surpass this. I would rather hear nothing else about my life than for someone to say, you know what? She was righteous and blameless and she walked with God. Such a lifestyle and such a, a reputation as that, it requires a couple things from us. Three things, actually, that should reflect that we are walking with God. The first one is our conversation. When you're around others, how do you talk? Do you think when you walk away, they think, wow, that was, he or she, they're such a, a Christian person. They're, they're very um, positive and happy, and I enjoy being around them. Or when we walk away, did our conversation leave them thinking, whoa, they are, wow, they're unhappy, they're miserable. Did you hear how they talked? Wow, my mother would never let me talk like that. What about our conduct? How do we act around people? How do we act around people at work when nobody else, our family isn't around? I mean, our friends aren't really around unless we work with them, but how do we act at work? And our character. Our character really needs to reflect that we're walking with God. So if this is true of us, then we are gonna stand out as different from the culture that is around us, just as Noah did. Because I think that you would agree with me that the way Noah's world was is very similar to how it is now. So do we stand out like Noah did? Well, because he stood out, God gave Noah an assignment. He was a righteous man. He listened and trusted God. So God commanded him to build an ark. Now, this was no small project at all. I don't know how many of you have been down to Kentucky to see the um, the recreation of the ark. My family and I went there last year and wow, it's amazing. You feel like you're walking through the actual ark. And there were so many things I saw there that I never really thought about. You know, as a kid, you hear the story of Noah's ark all the time and as an adult, but you know, you knew it was a big boat and his family was in there and some animals, but wow, just walking through that, that, um, replica of the ark was just amazing. It just, it was just amazing. And I have it written down here. It was 450 feet long, 50 feet wide, and three stories tall. And he asked Noah to do this for when it rains. It had never rained. Can you imagine what Noah went through when he told people what he was doing because of the, the rain? I think they would have thought he was strange anyhow, just building the ark, let alone to hear why he was doing it. 
Nothing like this had ever been built before, so Noah, he could have made any excuse in the world. He could have said, oh, come on, God, surely you, this, you have something messed up. I just, I don't, I can't do this on my own. Can't you go ask someone else? But he did not do that. He trusted God. He did exactly what he was told. And that's just like us sometimes in our obedience to God when he asked us to do things, when he asked us to leave that corporate job, when he asked us to take that other job, when he asked us to go on a mission trip or whatever it is that he's asking, we don't understand at all how it's going to work. How on earth is this going to work out? And how am I even going to begin to try and accomplish this? Our human nature sets in. We want a full explanation. Okay, God, I will do this, but I want you to write everything down. I want the blueprints. I want to know exactly what you have planned. Then I'll proceed. But he wants us to believe him and obey him. If we'll trust him enough to take the first step, then we can be sure that he's going to provide what we need to take the next step. You just got to take that first step, and that is the scariest step ever. <laughs> Taking that first step has to be the scariest one. But the nice thing is after we take that first step, if we need any further direction, we can go right to him. We can ask him anything in prayer, and we can be confident that he will reveal what we need to know. We have to remember not to be afraid to go to God with anything. That's what he wants us to do. We're his children, and he wants us to come to him any day, any time. He will not take you somewhere, give you the nudge, and then just leave you there stranded. If he's asked you to do it, he will help you through it. I hope this message was able to uplift you in some way and encourage you to maybe just take that first step. Maybe you've been feeling God nudging you and you're thinking just like I did. Are you crazy? I'm comfortable here. I'm good. But I can promise you it's not going to go away. You can sit there and you can say, you know what? I'm okay, God. I'm comfortable here. It's not going to go away. It's going to get more prominent and stronger. And it's really going to nudge you until things just seem like really have your head spinning and you're thinking, what is going on here? That is God trying to get you to go where he wants you to go. So I hope that this was in some way a way to encourage you, to uplift you. And I just ask that you make sure you subscribe to my podcast. I'm very excited to be doing this podcast and I'm anxious for upcoming episodes. I'll be interviewing a lot of people. I already have a list of people that I want to interview. I told you in the beginning about my I Am Enough in Christ Women's Conference and the co-sponsor of that conference is Infinitely More Life. I encourage you to look up that charity on Facebook, online. They are doing just something so wonderful in Kenya. I had no idea until I met up with these ladies from Infinitely More Life what the women in Kenya go through when they become pregnant. You know what? They become pregnant not at their own will either. It's most likely through incest, through rape. And then when they do become pregnant, their family wants nothing to do with them. They throw them out. They ignore them. They get no food. They get nothing. So a lot of the times the women are trying to drink Clorox bleach to try and abort the baby. And of course that doesn't work, but they've just put all that bleach and poison in their body. So infinitely more life has come together and they have 
Mercy's Light. It's a home that they have built in Kenya now for women who can spend their first three years there when they're pregnant and they have their baby and infinitely more life through that shelter is going to just be such a blessing and an encouragement to these women and their babies. They will show them how to take care of themselves so that when they go out into the world with their baby, they don't have to rely on anyone. They'll be teaching them biblical values and just making sure that their needs are met. So I plan to have the founder of Infinitely More Life, Carrie Reicharts, and also Kathy Cole, who's in with that organization as well. I really want to have them. I'm excited to have them on here to interview them on the podcast. They can tell more about their charity and how wonderful it is what they're doing. Carrie was like me. She wasn't happy doing what she was doing, and she felt this nudge from God. So she took that step, and now look what's happened. There's now a shelter in Kenya for pregnant women, and they have a place to go. So you don't know what God's going to have in store for you. You have no idea. That day I sat in the office and I said, God, use me. I didn't know he was going to have me author a book. And I think I forgot to mention I've written a song, and I sent it to a lady in Nashville who put a chord chart together and put music to it and now it's mine to do what I want with it and I can record it sometime down the road with a producer and I never in a million years would have thought back then when I sat at the desk and said God use me that he was going to use me to write a song or to write a book or to bring together 54 women in two days in a group of on Facebook of women who were just like me that wanted to get together and start this conference so you just don't know what God has in store. So I do have a lot of those ladies, the speakers, with unbelievable stories. Each one has her own unique story of how God led her. So I'm going to have them interviewed on here as well. So I'm just really excited about this podcast, and I hope that you make sure you subscribe to it. If someone might benefit from it, I, I just ask you to share it with your friends. Let's get some encouragement and upliftment out there. If upliftment is even a word, <laughs> I don't even know. But let's just get a good word out there. There's so much negativity in the world. Let's just spread some good words. I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Take care and be nice out there. Until next time, bye.